Hello and welcome to Jumpstart Weekly, the weekly manga podcast where every week we read all the chapters of Shonen Jump on Viz's website, as well as another collected volume of manga. I'm your host, Jeremy. And I'm your host, Kevin. And the pandemic is continuing, so hopefully we don't sound too bad. I mean, you know better than I have actually listened to last week's episode. It came out pretty good. Uh, it's still not as good as if we were both in the same room sitting on a mixer, but it was pretty good for being on headset mics. So we read Azamanga Dayo this week, but before we get into that, we have a mostly full Shonen Jump, although they're starting to drop like flies, so we'll probably get some new stuff soon. Yep. You said Burn the Witch is supposed to get a serialization, right? Is there any detail on that, or just say it was getting one? I don't think there was a release date on it. I think they just said it's getting a serialization along the same lines as they're animating the Bleach thing, but I think that was also just like that's gotcha. going into production, so there's no release date on that either, to my knowledge. Gotcha. I wasn't super up on it, because I was like, oh, I just saw that this was happening and didn't particularly care when. I imagine it'll be soon. It'll be one of the new series that's coming, but we'll see. I read Burn the Witch is why I bring it up. Gotcha. It was fine. <laughs> yeah. But we're not going to be talking about that this week. We're going to be talking about what came out this week, starting with One Piece Chapter 976, Begging Your Pardon. What did you think of One Piece this week, Kevin? I really liked this chapter of One Piece, mainly for the ending. Yeah, I mean, One Piece is in that super accelerated mode it gets into at the end of every arc, which is when it's always just such a joy to read. Yes. I also really enjoyed the ending. I had a couple of, like, technical problems with it. Odai doesn't need me to tell him how to make comics, but I think there were some, like, real basic mistakes in there. Okay. In particular, the last reveal is not done on a page turn. I get what you're saying. Because I saw the left side of that page just naturally my eye scanned it when I turned it digitally. Yeah. And so I knew what was going to happen the entire last page. I mean, I, Odai knows how page turns work. He doesn't need me to tell him. But I found that to be kind of disappointing. Also, I I also really liked the ending. It got me really excited. But, like, it, it's hard for me to put this into words. It happens not for no reason, but it really feels like, oh, it's the climax now. This needs to happen. Whereas I thought this, like, return was going to be more set up, I guess. Kind of. I kind of like that he just shows up. I One of the things I really love is I'm pretty sure it's Kid going like, you gotta be kidding me, he's joining the Straw Hats? I did like that too, although we already knew that. Yes, but it was just fun seeing Kid react to it, like, oh come on, he's getting Jinbei too? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, we should get to it, but now you spoiled it off a page turn. Yes. So, it does start with everybody being like, Kinomo, just admit that you did not mean for that to happen <laughs> yes which was pretty good it, it's a weird like again i think it's just production issues I, the page shirt is almost certainly that too this feels like a weird beat after missing a week and even like from a weekly chapter it's gonna read just fine in a collected version but yeah it's weird that you wait a whole week for them to all just instantly know like hey and i love kino's like oh god i'm gonna die i just used up an entire lifetime of good luck just now i am definitely going to die in this raid yes that was very good kanjiro is kidnapping mamanosuke they try to rescue him but can't and he just yells hey don't worry about me like you all have to fight i'll be fine i'll escape somehow i actually really liked that moment too with it's good. Even Luffy being like, oh, crybaby. It's a very Luffy response. Yeah, <laughs> crybaby Mumosuke is going to be fine. He's like, hey, don't worry. We'll show up again because we're friends, right? Yeah. Anyway, the pirates have a... I guess it's not the pirates. The the, uh, the people who are not pirates. Or are they pirates? Are they in Kaido's crew? Yeah, they're, I think they're, they're in Kaido's animal crew. pirates. The, 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 yes, that's their name. The animal pirates like, kind of retreat and have basically this giant sniper cannon set up set up on their ship, and they're like, oh, they're not going to be able to get to us from here. We'll just start picking them off from far away. Yeah, because we outrange their cannons now. But then Jimbei shows up and punches it. With a water spear. Which, I mean, that's yeah. how I knew. I was like, oh, it's the return of Jinbei, because I saw the, the water spear, and I was like, well, it's got to be a merman technique, and... 
uh, come on, of course Jinbei is finally going to show up. He's like, hey, sorry it took me so long. Yeah, and I wish I had had that moment. The problem is that Jinbei shows up on the left side of the page and that water spear is on the right side of the page. It should be on a page turn, because that should be... I mean, again, Odai doesn't need me to tell him how to make comics. I'm sure it's 100% a production thing. Um, If yeah. you just didn't have enough pages in Shonen Jump, it just ended up wrong. But it, it just like really stood out to me as an obvious mistake, because I saw Jinbei before I got to read the water spear bit, before I saw yeah. the water spear bit. And this is the, the thing that sort of helps with reading it digitally, is I only see one page at a time, so every page is a page turn. Yeah. So I, I don't flip the page and see both sides of the comic, unlike if you're reading on the web page. I can turn my tablet sideways to get that, but everything is a page turn, so it was cool seeing the water spear page turn, hey look, it's Jinbei. Which is how the comic should work, but it's not how it's laid out. Yep. Um. Again, it's only a very minor issue, and you know, like it's a very strong chapter of One Piece, but it unfortunately is probably what stood out most to me about the chapter. Yep. Still an excellent, excellent chapter of One Piece, though. Anything else you want to say about it, Kevin? Nope. That will lead us to Demon Slayer, Chapter 201, The King of Demons. What did you think of Demon Slayer this week, Kevin? I like where the extension of this story is going. Me too. At first, it just looks like it's going to be the typical thing that happens when a demon dies in Demon Slayer, and we're going to get Muzan's tragic backstory. Yeah. And we do get a little bit of that, but then it goes a very different way. Yeah, where Muzan essentially infests Tanjiro with his malice and is like, yeah. you'll kill the rest of the Demon Slayers for me. He makes him into a demon, specifically. And he's like, yeah. you will fulfill my dream of being a demon who can survive the sun because you're yep. related to Nezuko. That's how that works, right? Yeah. And I really like the irony on it. I love that the rest of it is uh, Zenitsu and Inosuke like, being like, oh, we all promised that if at anything, if each other turned into demons, we would be the ones to put each other down. Yep. But they can't do it. Yeah, the Inosuke thing is really terrible because uh, Zenitsu can't move. So he's like, oh no, I can't do anything. And Inosuke is like, still fighting him. But he's he's got that moment where his sword's coming towards his neck and he's like, I can't put my heart into it. Mm-hmm. And Nezuko's coming, who is now human. So there's going to be super strong irony there. I have a feeling that's going to be the climax of the entire series. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, I thought it was a super strong chapter this week. The Muzan stuff I thought was quite good. The Nezuko stuff I, that's being set up, I'm really looking forward to. And like you said, the Inosuke stuff, also very, very good. Yep. Was there anything else you wanted to say about Demon Slayer this week, Kevin? Nope. All right. That will lead us to My Hero Academia number 267. And I'm flipping through the chapter right now and cannot find a chapter title. Oh, there it is. Flames. It's on the It's on the cover. That makes sense. I wanted to start with the cover anyway, because My Hero Academia, the manga, frequently will do this thing where they'll have color cover pages that look like American comics covers. Yep. And this one is Miracle with a bunch of rabbits, and the rabbits look weirdly realistic to me. Yeah, they they kind of do. I don't know how to explain it other than that, but I found it very striking and it kind of freaked me out right away. What did you think about My Hero this week, Kevin? I really liked My Hero this week, too. The message at the end is great. I love the just the explanation of Hawks being like, honestly, if I have to, my weakness is fire because like yeah. my feathers burn. Did you watch the uh, most recent episode of the anime, the season finale? Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that's not in those manga chapters that comes up here, too, where he talk, he has the same quote there in that episode of the anime. And it's been real interesting to see the way the anime and manga have been intersecting lately, because also we get a bit of Hawk's backstory here. And yeah. some of that is actually told for the first time in the ending sequence of the My Hero anime. I yeah. guess told is not accurate, but has been hinted at, where like Hawks was basically trained to be a hero by these weird guys in suits. Yeah, he was probably like a government-trained superhero rather than a school, yeah. like one of the well school-trained ones. We already knew that he is one of the few characters who is not a UA alumnus. Yeah, but like that was first hinted at, like I said in the ending episodes, and there's a panel basically in those that is almost replicated completely for the manga here. 
Yeah, with him being blindfolded in the room with the guys with suits. Yeah, and just the way that the season finale of the anime and what's happening there lines up with what's happening in the manga right now is super, super good. Um, If you happen to be consuming both at the same time. Yep. Was it in the anime or the manga with the Hawks having the Endeavor doll? I need to reread that manga. That's actually where I am rereading the volumes right now. It was for sure in the... uh, in both the most recent anime episode and this chapter of the manga. Okay. But I don't remember if it was in that old chapter of manga too. Yeah, but I just, I really, that was something that I really picked up on, was the fact that Endeavor was the reason that Hawks wanted to do the thing. He was like, I can be like my hero, Endeavor, right? Yeah, and that was super, super emphasized in the most recent anime episode. Although I did go back to the manga recently. Like I said, I'm in the middle of that right now. And it is sort of there too, if you're looking for it. Gotcha. That he's like, oh man, I always looked up to Endeavor because he was the only person who was actually trying to surpass All Might. Yep. Everybody else was like, well, great great thing All Might's here. I can be number two, which I love in contrast to Hawk's like, stated motivation of, I want to create a world where we can all take it easy. Yes. I really like that moment in the anime. I think it does it more justice than in the manga with him trying to build the bridge to make it over the chasm. So they have All Might and this chasm in front of him, and all the other heroes are standing there like, oh, look, there's the number one hero. And Endeavor being the only dude who's like, I gotta I gotta work at it. So he's like, he's got a plank and some rocks, and he's trying to build this bridge to get him across the chasm to make it to number one. And I really like yeah. that moment. Animated. Yeah, no, this, not to talk about the anime too much, but that was a super good finale. I'm a little surprised at where they ended it, just because my hero anime tends to like to end their seasons like an episode into the next arc. I was actually expecting the episode before the last one to be where they ended it or for them yeah. to go one more episode, but it's just how it worked out again, probably business reasons, but it was a super, super cool. Yep. Last episode. Yeah. But this chapter also had a lot of that. The Hawks backstory. We get Hawks now knows Dobby's real name, but it's just a black speech bubble. I am, especially with all the end of our stuff here, again, I, whenever I bring up this fan theory, you're kind of quick to dismiss it, but there is the fan theory that Dobby is Endeavor's missing kid, and I really wonder if they're hinting at that, or if he's just trying to play with the fan base. But here, yeah. this is like the strongest circumstantial evidence for that, I think, where Dobby says that, and he says, hey, you know, you had your eye on twice, but I's the guy you should have been watching the entire time. Yep. We also get the reveal that Dobby doesn't give a shit about anybody except Dobby like even he's like yeah I don't unlike twice I don't care about the League of Villains although he is like I do want to make Stain's like stated goals a reality so I think he does care about Stain at least as a like an idealist figure yeah but I think some of that is not like oh I happen to find this guy who thinks along the same lines as me not so much yeah I want to protect Stain's ideals it's like, yeah. oh, I heard what he was saying and really liked that, so I'm going to go with that for me. I don't care about Stain. Like, that guy can die for all I care. I just want yeah. his yeah. goal to happen. I also think that somebody who is Endeavor's abuse son would very much agree with Stain's method ideals, though. So, again, yeah. I think that's, like I said, the strongest evidence I think we've had so far, other than, you know, they both have fire quirks. Woo! Yep. I did think the ending of this chapter was a goddamn mess, though. Just really? art-wise, and like what's going okay. on with the fire. I think it's somewhat intentional, and with Miriko also fighting in the end there, I, it's just real hard to follow the action, and I'm not real sure what I'm supposed to think's going on. I think the Dobby stuff is supposed to be intentionally confusing, so that it's kind of fluid as to what's going on. The Miriko stuff, to me, seems super easy, is that she started realizing, oh no, these guys are starting to, like, I'm not going to be able to defeat them that's fine i'll just go take out the doctor and tomura like that that was my goal in the first place and so she starts rushing off to them one of the dudes shows up and tries to stop her and it's still her he like shoots a tentacle into her and it's still her trying to kick her way into tomura's tank or kick the doctor unconscious or something like that and i just like that heroes never give up i mean yeah it's got strong shonen energy don't get me wrong yep Again, the Miracle plotline in this is maybe the least I've liked, like a a subplot in My Hero Academia ever. 
So maybe that's a little bit on me. I also found like the Tokiyami showing up with Hawks weird. And then also that contrasted with Endeavors showing up, I think, to help Miriko. Like, I just found, like, the whole action of the last couple of panels really hard to follow. I honestly don't think... So, they had set up the Tokayami showing up earlier because he had the thing where he was in the fat taxi and looking off into the city and saw something. And so he's like, oh no, like, and that's why he, like, rushed over there, was he saw uh, flames or something like that. And I think Endeavor is just fighting. Yeah. I, the Endeavor, like, it's a, it's the cliffhanger is Endeavor showing up. So maybe, but the Endeavor really strikes me as he's here to rescue someone. Just the way it's drawn. You're right about the Tokiyami stuff. I think a panel of him, like, going off would have gone a long way for me. Yeah. With the Endeavor thing specifically, because they also have the Gigantamachio sitting there holding the radio, I think Endeavor isn't there with Mirio. I think he's literally just, he's like finally breaking into the building. Maybe. Like, I think they were just trying to set up like, hey, Endeavor here, Endeavor is here too. Because the closest person to Mirio is the shield hero guy. Trust. Yeah. Right, I just found the action to be a bit of a mess. It's still a super strong chapter, don't get me wrong. But the ending, I had trouble parsing. Gotcha. Anything else you wanted to say about it? Nope. That will lead us to We Never Learn X equals 154 Thumbelina Supercomputer Part 4. Because this issue of Shonen Jump just wanted to throw all the good stuff at us right away. Yep. And then, and then leave us to suffer through the rest of it. What did you yeah. think about We Never Learned this week, Kevin? I, I still really liked We Never Learned this week. I liked the... Fumino and Uraraka elements kind of tossed yeah. in there where like Fumino knows about the game that the two of them are playing. Yeah, that she like well leaned in during the Christmas thing. I did get confused at that part because I thought it was a flash forward to next Christmas and I didn't read it as a flashback until I, I, gotcha. I had to go back and look at it. Though I do think it's a good moment. And like I said, we never learn is in super payoff mode where it's just bringing back all these old chapters rapid fire to make them into payoffs and that's very very strong yep i also found the uh bit with the ghost saving them because none of them can swim super fun yeah i liked that i liked sawakawa showing up to save them you know and yeah just the the interaction there like it was just super cute especially since it's like an accidental cock block which is not what her intent would be at all yes that was really funny yeah I enjoyed it. I don't really have much to say about it. It's we never learn and it's cute, like always. Yeah, it's super cute. Like you said, it's in that payoff era where it's just, it's super fun to be reading this. Especially, like, it's super fun to be reading this if you've been reading We Never Learn. It's probably not as fun to jump in. I mean, who wants to jump in at the end of a series? Like, you're missing out, so. Yeah. It's a very easy read, I think, to pick up. So, this is definitely... If you're interested in the fact that he's doing an alternate ending for all of the girls, this would be a reason to pick up We Never Learn and start reading it from the beginning. Yeah, it's not that long. What are we at? I just said 150. We're in the 100... 154 specifically. I mean, We Never Learn super strong. If you like the anime at all, I would definitely say give the manga a go because I like the anime, but it unfortunately had to tone down a lot of the jokes and the ending was really rushed. Yeah. Uh, and I want to say the penultimate episode had some just horrendous CGI. Yeah. But that does it for We Never Learn. Next up, we have Zipman 017, You and Me Together. Shannon jumped, took Zipman back behind the shed and did what it had to do. Yep. There are things I like about this ending. Yeah, and there's quite a lot of things that I don't. Yeah, I mean... It's rushed, but it has to be rushed, right? The real problem is Zipman has felt rushed for, like, the last ten weeks. Yep. I do prefer, I find, when these series end, that they try to go out on an ending, even if it has to be super rushed, than when yeah. uh, things like Hellward and Higima, where they just can't act like they're gonna... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> deny the existence of, of the fact that they weren't coming back, then get a special epilogue chapter and still deny the existence that they're coming back i think something like samurai 8 is ideal for me i know we had a long discussion about that ending but something where it's like okay this is an ending but also potentially a 
a new start. I yeah. think I like those sorts of endings in general, but I think especially for something that ends prematurely, it's really good. I really like the way like the villain's attacks look in this, where he's like unzipping reality, it looks like. Yeah, that's pretty neat. And I mean, it makes sense for a final beat, but the epilogue seems crazy rushed. Yeah, and super confusing, because it's like, wait, I, I, I thought his brother, like, how is his brother back? I mean, I don't mind, and you're, it's rushed, I don't mind that, though. They had a funeral, like, <laughs> they buried a body, I'm pretty sure. Oh, uh, they, they explicitly said that was a fake body. Oh, did um, they? His okay. company did, yes. I don't remember. There is no indication on how he's back now, I'll agree with you there. But that had been addressed before. Okay. But yeah, it's like, oh yeah, this chairman character made these weird zip suit things, and we have no idea where they came from, but now they're integrated into our society. It's like, what? okay. Yeah, the chairman is like crazy weak as a character, right? Because we never find out anything about him. We never even see like a person under that suit. Yep, we don't even know if there is a person under the suit, or if he's, like, yeah. the brother and he's just a soul in the suit. Like, it's just, it's very weird, because, you know, it would honestly would have made more sense if he was a freaking alien. Like, yeah. hey, I came from outer space, and I'm trying to take over the planet. It's like, okay, that that would have made more sense than the nothing that you gave us. I'm I'm not upset from it from that angle. But I am like he's he's no character at all. That's what bothers me. He's just bad guy. Yep. I was just gonna say he's the evil chairman. Like it's just that's literally a trope. Yeah. But like he yeah. He's not even like Lex Luthor like coded though, right? No. And then I there's a conference at the end where they're like, hey, some people think zip suits are bad. Don't you feel ashamed that you're making more? And he's just like, no, I don't. I do really like the bit, though, where the main character, his name, I will never remember, like, still can't get a job now that Zipman is a popular TV show. Yes. He's and trying like, to get the Zipman role, and he can't. Yeah. I do love the person being like, dude, you are Zipman. What do you mean you can't <laughs> land the Zipman role? Yeah. So, I mean, Zipman, I'm not, I'm unfortunately not sad to see it go. Just, I... I wish it was the series it seemed like it was going to be when it started. Yep. Yeah, but it just kind of fell off the wagon, so. And it was kind of the series I most wanted to end in a lot of ways, even more than A Gravity Boys. Because A Gravity Boys is at least something different. Yeah. So here's hoping we get something cool new. A lot of really good ideas in Zipman, so hopefully that creator gets to come back and do something at some point. But I, I think he's got it in him. Yeah, hopefully. All right. That will bring us to Act Age, scene 108, Star. What did you think of Act Age this week, Kevin? I still liked it. I still liked Act Age. I'm still I enjoying it. I I really like the ending. I found it similar to uh, One Piece, where it was like an odd cliffhanger last time. It's really weird to me that they just kind of abandoned everything they set up at the end of the last uh, chapter. Yeah. Like the little girl doesn't come back. Except for I, she the does. album of the cover art. I took that as actually, even though it was the cover art, it was actually a panel. Like, they yeah, saw I, her, I did... gave her an autograph, and then went on about their day. Okay, I did too, but she doesn't make a decision, I guess. There's no closure yes. on her. No, And that means correct. she can come back, so that's cool. But I would have liked at least something there. And also, they just end up not imitating Ogami after all, because the main dish shows up. Yeah, so... That was a little bit of a a letdown. I, they still could have the little girl come back and actually like give the decision, because they haven't said who won, either. They can do that, and they can also just have her be a super fan of both the characters, and she's useful as a character that way. Yep. It just seemed like it was setting stuff up last chapter that did not get addressed at all this chapter. Yep. Also, like, the director of the plays like i'm probably not gonna write a play again or direct a play or even paint because like i got all the pain out yep and the other i wish i knew the the main director's name is like oh that must be nice and i i like that in principle but it seemed really cheesy to me like i get it i'm totally a kind of believer in the idea that most art is working out your own internal pain it just i also think the people that work that out through art 
Like, they never reach a catharsis like that, I don't think. At least that's my limited experience. I personally would have liked it if she was like, I don't think I'm going to paint flames ever again. Not, I'm never going to paint again. Yeah, exactly. She goes back to trying to paint the forest spirit or the mountain spirit, whatever. Or something like that, yeah. Yeah, like she goes back to doing that. The interaction there is to resolve her as a character, but also to kind of highlight that this other director is also feeling some sort of pain. Yeah. Which makes a lot of sense. I just, like I said, it's an idea, it's a trope I'm okay with, but I don't think it's very well used here. Yeah. And then we start catapulting into the next arc, which I do really like at the end of it. Yunagi's been chosen to be a campaign girl for this brand of bottled water. Yep. And the people are just in her house now to tell her this. Yes. That's pretty great. And she's like, I came and made breakfast, but I fucked it up, so I ordered Uber Eats. (laughs) Yes. But then the real good part is the end where she finds out that her senpai who's going to teach her to do this is an eight-year-old girl who's like insists on being called senpai. And Kay's like, oh, you're cute. She's like, no, I am your senpai. (laughs) But she she says something that's even more super cute. And she's like, she's so cute. Yep. I am quite looking forward to that. I also really like the, she knows the other guy that's there. I can't Uh remember if he was on the play with her. I don't think he is. I assume he's from the zombie movie. Yeah. And she's like, only when I'm being an idol or uh, this guy can call me cute. I mean, only when I'm being an idol can I be called cute. (laughs) Yeah. That was pretty good. I'm looking forward to more of this character. Yep. Anything else on Act Age, Kevin? No. That will bring us to Dr. Stone, Z equals 146, Bar Francois, Bitters. Yay, beer. Yeah. We finally get some beer. (laughs) I like this chapter a lot more than last week's, even though it's pretty similar. So do I, because it, even though it has the, hey, we're making drinks for people, it's also got advancement of the plot. And the characters, right? In particular, Kinro. Yeah. We get the advancement of Kinro. Again, we get the revival of the Pipe Spear guy, and he gets to revive two other people. I actually really like that moment where he's like, all right, I'll do the weapon training on one condition. And somebody's like, oh, you want forgiveness for what you did? And uh, he was like, no, Senka won't believe that regardless of what I say. No, I want the ability to revive two people of my own choice. And I really like Uh that where he was like, eh, I know you guys aren't ever going to forgive me, but... I yeah. want like, to revive my friends, essentially. The two people yeah. he was closest with when they were on the gorilla team, I'll call it. Yeah. How did those, they get petrified? Because I must have missed that. I've seen the anime, and it almost catches up to where we I started the manga, but not quite. I should probably just catch up on Dr. Stone. I think, I'm pretty sure the girl was with him in the cage, wasn't okay, she? Okay, that would make sense. I, I don't remember that. But I believe you. I think that's what it was, is they were both, like, they were prisoners on the boat or something like that. And I'm pretty sure that, because it it wasn't just, I think his name is Hugo. It wasn't just the pipe spear guy in the cage. He was with a girl. And I think that was who the girl was. And so she got petrified with everyone else, and they didn't revive her. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, I, I really the last battle where is uh, Kinro, like, they're all sparring and Kinro asks Ginro to spar because he doesn't want to do it with those monsters, but he wants to be better after he hears, like, the story. Yeah, that was really good. That's, like, a super strong moment. Especially because, to me, it was kind of the, it was like uh, after the credits thing because they had the, hey, next week's chapter is going to be the 12th or whatever it was. And then you go another page and that's where that was so it felt kind of like after credits-y to me rather than because uh-huh. it was like oh here's the end of the manga oh wait there's more uh-huh uh-huh i really liked it too anything else you want to say on dr stone nope that brings us to guardian of the witch number 10 the trial what did you think of guardian of the witch kevin it's still pretty good we're at the kind of end of this training arc we get some more reveals about the actual power of voodoo witch dr man (laughs) i mean i have the same feeling of it i've had this entire arc which is it's fine i was really hoping it was going to do something special and it didn't i do like that they're take time to just have a strong character beat in the middle of this fight yeah 
and that's always been the strength of Guardian of the Witch, but they're kind of pushing it, for lack of a better term. Like, yeah, I, I enjoy you. it every week, but it's something I also see every week. Yeah. And it's not like we never learn where I'm like, oh, this is what I'm here for. Yeah. I feel like they need to be in, like, stronger situations. We'll see if maybe now that they've got this beat out of the way that they'll start doing something new. I hope so. Not disliking it by any means, but it's not like Zipman where I'm like, oh, God, let's get let's kill it. It, it needs to die on the vine. But yep. it's not doing anything super special to me. I don't think. Anything else you want to say about it? I know you're more into it than I am. I honestly don't mind that it's kind of your run-of-the-mill mid-card shonen jump. Like, as callous as that sounds, I'd much rather have only a top card and a mid-card rather than a top card, <laughs> mid-card, and bottom card. So, sure. if, even though it's kind of like, eh, it was fine, I enjoyed reading it. Like, I wasn't super amazing, but that's fine, too. Yeah, I just feel like I would get bored with it and stop reading it if not for this podcast. Although, like, I haven't hit that part that it's just, like I said, I haven't seen anything that's really excited me since the first couple of chapters. Yeah. Anything else you want to say on it? Nope. That will bring us last but not least to The Promised Neverland, Chapter 174, A New World, Part 1. What do you think of Promised Neverland this week, Kevin? I liked it. I liked the catharsis with Mom. With Mom, yeah. The rest of the kids, or the rest of the kids with the rest of the mothers, with mom being like, don't worry, we'll stay behind. I know that I hurt you and I can never be forgiven. And Emma just being like, what are you talking about? We're all leaving. I said all of the children of the farms. That includes you. Yeah. And we see in the promise, she specifically asked for them all to be allowed to go to the human world, even the children who grew up. Yep. Yeah, it's really strong. Also, Rathiri gets a slow death. Not exactly a slow death, that sounds more cruel, but we yeah. see Emma tries to save him and fails. Yep. I also like the weird demon god thing shows up and was like, hey, you did a good job. You lasted a thousand years, and that's honestly longer than I thought you would. Uh-huh. So I'm kind of interested into as to what's going on, going to be going on with that. Plus, I think the at the end, they get a message from the capital. Because at first, uh-huh. like, all oh, the soldiers are leaving, and I'm assuming it's because Duke Levisius has taken over and is sending a message out to them, like, hey, the evil-blooded are fine. Like, don't worry, I took over. We'll see. It is done as a cliffhanger, so yes. there might be one challenge left. But A New World makes it sound like this is pretty much not quite epilogue times, but like we're past the uh, cu- like we're past the climax. Yeah, because they still have to fulfill the promise whatever that is. So like we, mm-hmm. they still need to reveal that. And I'm assuming that's going to be something. I kind of think it's going to be Emma has to stay behind, but we'll see. Yeah, we will see. But yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. Is there anything else? I mean, and it wasn't in the front of stone and jump. <laughs> is there anything else you wanted to say about it, Kevin? No. All right. That brings us to jump card. Jumpcard is a segment where we rank everything we've read this week, from what we like least to most, including all the ones we don't talk about. 19 this week, almost a full card. So what do you have at number 19, Kevin? I have a Gravity Boys down at 19. I just... This is dumb. Like, they're (laughs) in prison, and then they meet up with a space pirate who's like, hey, we're breaking out. And they're all like, but dude, I get out tomorrow. And then they, for whatever reason, go along with it. Yeah, I actually liked it. I like the space pirate character. So I didn't I mean, love it, Gravity Boys, but I I liked it a lot more than I have in the past. He just he lost me there with it. Like I yeah. liked the space pirate character. Then it's like, hey, we're breaking out. You guys are coming with us, and then being like, yeah, sure. What you're getting out tomorrow? I'm I'm so confused. We also don't see the breakout part though, so they could have just got swept up with it, right? 
Yeah, that's totally possible, but it it seems because especially because afterwards they're all like, "Hey, check it out, we're space pirates now," and then the being shows up and is like, "You guys realize you're space pirates now, and you're all wanted criminals, and they're gonna send bounty hunters after you." I'm like, "Great, more reasons to extend this goddamn manga." <laughs> I mean, I'm more read it as they are like, "Well, we're his cellmate, so if we don't take part in the riot, we're still gonna get in trouble for it, and we won't be broken out of prison." Like I said, I liked it a bit more than you. I have Chainsaw Man at number 19. Because I really? thought it was okay. a mess of a chapter. Like, I really liked the ideas last week. I just could not follow it at all this week. I, It's still super messy, I agree with you, but I thought it had some cool aspects of it. Okay. What do you have at 18? I have Mitama at 18, and... I don't know why I thought Mitama was fucking hilarious this week. Did you really? Because I yeah. absolutely hated it. Like, it, gotcha. I was this close to making it my 19, and it just, everything just felt dumb. I, this might be my favorite chapter of Mitama. That's how much I liked it. It's either that or the baseball chapter. I don't know why I liked it so much, but I just thought every joke landed. And we talk all the time about how comedy manga is super hit or miss. We will probably yep. get to that when we get to Azamanga Dayo. Yep. But I, yeah, I thought Mitamo was really, really funny this week. I put it very high. I gotcha. So what do you have at 18? I have Haikyuu at 18. Because it's okay. that thing Haikyuu does that sometimes, where I just glazed over it. Yep. Yeah, that's fair. What do you have at 17? So I have Mashal at 17. Okay. It, it's okay. Yeah. There were... I really liked one of the jokes in Mashal. It was not a great Mashal this week. I ended up putting it a bit higher. I have Zipman at 17, actually. Okay. Because it's just, it's rushed. The, I like the chairman's attack, but it's just real messy of the art style on it. Yeah, it's my number 16, and we talked about it when we yeah. covered it. So I have a Gravity Boys at 16, so... Okay. I have Haikyuu up at 15. Like, it... I agree, It I lost a lot of the chapter, but I did kind of like the bit with them being like, Hinata, why did you wake that guy up? Like, the one guy being like, it's all your fault <laughs> we're losing right now because you made that guy actually want to compete. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I did like that bit too, but that's like the only bit of the manga I can remember, so. Yep. Were we 15? Yeah. I have Mashal at 15. This, like, new character who's a very Naruto is annoying. But I did like the joke with he, like, has to talk to the girl at the end. Yeah. I have Chainsaw Man up at 14. I thought it was really cool that just some of, like, the violence, devil being like, take my mask off, and some of the other things what people were trying to do, especially with the shark guy. The revving the chainsaw corn with his teeth. That is the one bit I did like. But it didn't seem to lead to anything. No, but it it might. I, I, you're right. Because we also have the Aki being like, oh god, not again. Mm-hmm. So I just... Like I said, it wasn't super great, but I felt like there were some cool aspects of it. I do agree with you. It's very confusing and messy. Which uh, Chainsaw Man often is. Yeah. But I just completely lost the plot on this one. I have Black Clover at 14. Okay. And to be 100% honest with you, I'm having trouble remembering anything that happened in Black Clover. Yami fought. Yami fought. We have a weird thing with Asta listening to the voice of devils or his devil. It's very confusing. Uh -huh. That's basically it. So it's my number 13 for a lot of the same gotcha. reasons. It was like, it was basically the bad guy being like, yeah, we're going to try and make the demon world. Op like open a portal between the demon world and the human world, and for that we need Yami and the one, the other one guy. And he was like, "Cause we need arcane stage dark magic and arcane stage world or the tree, like tree of life magic, in order to make this special ritual to open a portal." So it's like, "We mm -hmm. need the two of you." Yeah, I did like that bit. Now that you mentioned that yeah. tree, I remember it, and I think that's probably why it went a bit higher than the comedy stuff. Yeah, no, like. It's good. It was just like, that was basically, it was that explanation. Yeah. Like, that's all that really happened in that chapter. I have Jujutsu Kaisen at 13. I wish okay. I could get into Jujutsu Kaisen. It would probably be higher if it, if I could, because it had some cool Shonen Battle stuff going on in it. 
but I don't care about any of the characters here. And like the fight I'm more interested in is the one they cut away from. Yeah, for me, it was my number 12 for a lot of the same reason. It was like, all right, yeah, so we're going to follow this May character. I'm like, I I barely know this May character, and I've read all of Jujutsu Kaisen. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just very confused. It's like some cool, hey, here are my powers explanation. So I was like, eh. I have Undead Unluck at 12. I thought it was fine. <laughs> I have Undead Unluck at number 11. So uh, yeah. we're we're very close on a lot of these. Well, we'll probably sync up soon, because 11's where I put Mitama. Gotcha. So what do you have at 10? I have Dr. Stone at 10. Okay. I did like it. I just, I liked the stuff above it more. Uh-huh. I have uh, Guardian of the Witch at 10. Gotcha. Dead center, because it's like, you know, perfectly fine shown in manga. Yep. I had Mission as a Curve Family at number 9. I also put that pretty high. I don't know why that one also made me really, really laugh. It was good. I just, I liked the emotional bits of the stuff above it more. Like, that's fair. I have Hell's Paradise at nine. Some pretty cool stuff with the Gabimaru character and some planting some seeds of doubt in his mind. I thought it was pretty solid. Yeah. So I have Garden of the Witch at number eight. And I honestly probably could have swapped that in Mission Yozakura. Honestly, I probably should have, so. (laughs) Okay. Well, you don't have to put stuff lower just because I don't like it. Well, no, like, thinking on it, I think I liked Mission Yuzakura more than Guardian of the Witch. Gotcha. I have Dr. Stone at 8. We talked about it at length. I really like that ending. Although a lot of the front of the chapter didn't have much, so. I gotcha. That's what kind of pulled it a bit lower. Yeah. I have Hell's Paradise at number 7. I honestly really liked the Gabimaro stuff where because this isn't honestly them planting the seed of doubt that his wife might not be real like that's true like he's always had that well he he sort of always had that but even the people that he's fighting with are like she probably doesn't exist you know that right and he was like nope screw you and I just love the response to them being like uh I'm not gonna believe anything you guys say psychological warfare is one of the ninja's main tools like, of yeah. course, you're going to try and destabilize me as I'm kicking all of your asses. And so I just liked the, you know, they show up with the the costumes and stuff like that. And he was like, wow, that's pretty good. That probably would have worked on a normal person. However, I could feel the murderous intent coming off of you. So it wouldn't work on me and him just like mm-hmm. schooling the other ninja. I do like how they're like fanboying out over him the entire time. Like, being, yeah. like also, please die. Yeah, I, I do like that. It's like being told you have to go kill captain america so you're like oh man you're so you're so cool but like i do have to kill you and then it's captain america schooling them being like you still realize i'm still captain america right last time i checked i have act agent seven okay again we went into it quite a bit again the front of the chapter i found really disappointing even though i really like the back end so yeah i have it at number six very similar reasons i have we never learn at six again it's cute it's good it's fine but nothing in it really stood out to me this week. I gotcha. I have The Promised Neverland at number five. I just really liked the catharsis of Isabella and Emma, and I like where the story's going. I have Mission Yuzakura at five. Like I said, it really made me laugh. I liked the, like, weird twist at the end. I just really enjoyed it. Yeah. I have We Never Learned at number four. Okay. I really liked the kind of Fumino and Uraraka stuff kind of being like, you know, hey, this is how the two of them kind of are forming a bond together. As opposed, mm-hmm. So it was like Uraraka being like, wow, I can't believe Ogata like went for it kind of, even uh-huh. though she doesn't really know, but she's like, man, I don't think I could do it. And Fumino being uh-huh. like, you go girl. <laughs> yeah. I have my hero at four. The top four, I think, are all super, super good. My hero ends up being at the bottom because, like I said, the ending was messy. I got The emotional stuff in all four of my top four, I think, is crazy strong. Yeah. Honestly, probably my top five because that's where Mm -hmm. I like the stuff in Promise Neverland. But I have Demon Slayer at number three. Again, I think it's the fact that it's that bittersweet turn that puts it Mm -hmm. just a little bit lower for me. I really like... I did really like Demon Slayer this week. So it's just, yeah. it's always that. It's not that I don't like bittersweet moments, but I like 
more positive emotions. And that's why more. you can't be a Kingdom Hearts fan. Yeah. Well, it's like, again, it's not like, oh my god, they're sad, that means I can't like it. But it's like, well, yeah. if I'm comparing, you know, the happy feeling I get off of these other chapters and the sad feeling I get off of Promise Neverland or... I guess Promise Neverland didn't really have a sad feeling, but the sad feeling I get off of Demon Slayer, I prefer to be happy. Yeah. I mean, Kingdom Hearts has one game that does not end on a bittersweet note, and even that has a lot of bittersweet elements. Anyway, where are we three? I have one piece at three. Again, it's because of the Jinbei, like, page turn thing I was talking about. I gotcha. Even if that had been executed perfectly. It's cool that Jinbei shows up. I'm excited to see what he's going to do. It doesn't really change where this story is at all though like we're already on a moment of like triumph for the heroes yeah this is just piling on which is something one piece is very good at so i'm looking forward to more i definitely it's the thing i'm most excited to read next week probably but yep it goes number three here what do you have at number two i have my hero at number two i i did not find the ending to be as messy as you did and i just really like Tokayami shows up to save hawks I really love the moment with Mirako being the, hey, again, it's one of those fight scenes that I really like. That's the All Might versus Nomu. And him being like, heroes can always get themselves out of a pinch. Kind of, this had a very similar feeling with Mirako being like, heroes never give up kind of thing. I really love that moment. I mean, that's the stuff I'm here for in Shonen. I have promised Neverland it too. Okay. Just the catharsis with all the moms, like being forgiven. And, like, the half reveal of the promises, I thought it was super, super good. Yeah, no, really good. So I have no, one piece at number one. I just really liked Jinbei showing up. I realize it's, like, uh, it's not, didn't move the story that much. But it's just like, fuck yeah, Jinbei's back. This is awesome. Then we had Now we the can have Q- 20 weeks of Jinbei flashback to find out how he got out of there and slowed this story down. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we're going to get that. I don't but... think we're going to get that. I, I'm fine. <laughs> if we do or don't. But I just, I love Kid being like, oh, you gotta be kidding me, Jinbei's joining his crew? I, I do want to say, I love Kid. In, like, the Kid-Law-Luffy dynamic, we got it very, very briefly, like, ten years ago. I hope they're together for the rest of the series. Yeah, that would be really great. And I also love the moment with Momosuke being like, don't worry, guys, I'll be fine. They can't do anything to me. So, uh-huh. Luffy, everyone's like, oh no, they've captured Momosuke. Luffy's like, God, don't worry, we'll come meet up with you later. Yeah. I have Demon Slayer at number one. I just really, really like this, like, ending setup for Tanjiro and all the ways it can go. Because I've been complaining about how Nezuko hasn't been here in a really long time. And this, I think, is a really powerful way to get her involved. I mean, she was there last week. Well, okay, yes, but she hasn't done anything. No, you're that is correct. So, I like, I don't want to belittle Demon Slayer, but... I don't think you did. Because, like I said, my top four this week were all crazy strong. Yep. It was crazy that, you know, this re- you read that great One Piece chapter. You read that great Demon Slayer chapter. You re- read that great My Hero chapter. You read that We Never Learn chapter, and We Never Learn's always super good. And then you go straight to Zip Man, and it's just like the floor falls out under you. Yep. Well, maybe they were trying to go for, all right, so we'll make sure that they come in feeling happy so that they don't <laughs> leave quite as pissed when Zip Man <laughs> shows up. Yeah, and then we'll end on Promise Neverland. Yeah. It's like, well, I don't I don't remember I don't think they specifically ended, but it was like then we'll throw no, Promise they, Neverland down at the end to try and make the ending feel a little better. And Gravity Boys is always at the back, so everyone who's not interested can just skip it very easily yep. without feeling bad. Yep. Alright. That will do it for Shonen Jump this week. We will be talking about Azumanga Dayo after the break. We're at Azumanga Daio Volume 1 this week. This is our first time reading four comic gag manga, other than I imagine one of the Tokemon we've read must have had some in the back, although I can't think of one specifically now. We just read one that had... I know we did now that you say that, but I can't remember what it is. 
Oh, the Flame of Rekka Volume 3 had two... Oh, yeah, it did. Four, four, volu- four yeah. panel... Yeah, four panel things at the end. Yeah. Four panel, basically think of it like a uh, newspaper comic strip, if you need something for a reference. Yeah, basically. This is a common gag manga format. What did you think about of Azamanga Daio, Kevin? So, right off the bat, I got extremely confused because chapter one is for April, which was just like, I was like, wait, am I missing something? Because it like clearly says four. Yeah, because April is the fourth month. Yeah, and they do, apparently they actually had an explanation where the, the Japanese don't really name their months. They, they yeah. just call them by the number. They like they have names for the months, but they don't really use them. So I was like, okay, that makes more sense. But when it got translated, it's like, all right, first page four. Was was there like a prequel one that what I was supposed to have read? Or and so I was like doing research. I'm like, I'm reading the right one, right? Okay, yeah, I am reading the right one. That was confusing. You're talking about the translation. If this was translated again today, I think it would be very different. Just because there's lots of Japanese culture stuff that's either translated over um, or, you know, explained differently than, like, is common knowledge now, among yeah. manga fans at least. Some of it is puns, and, like, you have to do something with those. Uh, probably most of it, honestly. Yeah, that's the problem with uh, translating a or localizing a gag manga like this, is it's sometimes really hard to explain gags like that, like the one chick that they call Osaka, like that's very confusing to try to explain to somebody that doesn't know much about Japan. Although they just go for that one for the most part. Uh, but yeah. one, I really want to know what the original joke was. I actually super love the translation is the one that, why do we call it a pair of panties? And they're like, well, it's got like two holes. He's like, yeah, but you don't call it a pair of shotguns. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so does it have to do with weapons? <laughs> Like that was that was pretty good. The other thing was I think it's chapter three is the confusing one where it suddenly breaks the four panel format. Uh yeah, there is one chapter in there that I believe I don't know exactly how it was done, but I believe they he just got like a full segment for a chapter. Yeah. As opposed to normally he got the four panel. So But yeah, there is one chapter in there that's just like a very short manga chapter. I don't know that I would call that confusing. I thought it read just fine. No, it read fine, but it it was confusing to go from four-panel gag manga, regular manga, four-panel gag manga, and being like, uh, what happened? <laughs> so I, it sounds like you liked it. I did like it. I really like Saki, the the little girl. Yeah. Or no, Saki's the cat-loving one, So Saki right? is, yeah, yeah, uh, Chio Mihama. Chio, yeah. I really like her character. I really like the cat Saki-loving character. Some the teachers are hit or miss sometimes, but I like a lot of the characters. I feel like Miss Tanazaki is like the best character in there personally, but I I like Chio a lot too. The car stuff is super funny with her. The bit where she gets a job at McDonald's even though she's ten years old. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was great, and I also just love that they keep coming back to the car thing. And I I don't want to leave. Why? Well, I'm just hoping I can make it home alive. <laughs> Yeah, I also, the, maybe my favorite running joke in there is how Asaka, like, imagines Chio's pigtails as detachable. Like, yes. whenever she falls asleep in class, she dreams about these pigtails and, like, them being removed, or... Yeah, I do love the bit where it's like, <laughs> oh, hey, look! Look at this present I got! She's like, what are they? Replacements! And she pops her pigtails off and pops <laughs> new ones on. Yeah. Um. So are you familiar with, like, the origin of Azamanga Dayo? No. So, I cannot remember the mangaka's name. I wish I could. But anyway, he did a bunch of doujinshi, comedy doujinshi, before he uh, hit it big with Azumanga Daio. Specifically, he did ones based on the Sailor Moon anime, where it was all the girls in class, and gotcha. the teacher kind of screwing up. And, like, there are super clear parallels between those doujinshi and Azumanga Daio. Sakiki, the cat-loving one specifically, is very, very based on the way he portrayed Sailor Jupiter, because she's super feminine, but also, like, tough. Like, that's Sailor Jupiter's actual traits. And also, she's busty, and that's why she was the mangaka's favorite. And there are jokes about that in the uh, doujinshi. Like, she's the most obvious, but he writes the teacher very similarly. The way he writes Chio and the way he writes Ami are pretty similar, too. They're definitely not the same characters, but 
having read those, that was part of why I wanted to read Azumanga And when you know the influence, I think it's super obvious, but you have to be familiar with the Sailor Moon anime specifically, because it's way more based on that, and obviously taken to a way more comedic extreme. Yeah. And not every character has a uh, parallel either. No, that's fair. I mean, people reusing characters that they've... Not reusing, but like retooling characters that they've had before makes a lot of sense. This strikes me very similar to like the writing fan fiction and then like making the characters different so you can sell it your own. Although it's a very good example of that, because like I said, there are new characters added in and they a couple of them you can tell, but others seem wholly original. Yeah. It's hard to talk about gag manga stuff. I feel like we've already gone through some of our favorites. I really love the whole like summer house subplot in the middle. Yeah, the summer house subplot was really good. And how the teachers go with them. <laughs> the teachers go with them because it's like, well, I figured we'd want somebody who can drive so that we don't have to pay for transit. It's like, oh, that's pretty nice. I like that Chio uh-huh. like lives in a mansion. Like, yeah, she's super, she's super smart, super rich, but she's terrible at PE. So most of the jokes at her expense are like her getting hit with volleyballs and stuff. Yes, like there's a very good physical humor in here too, and he's yeah. not afraid to hurt any of the girls for the joke. Yes, like I, I love that Saki always gets bit by any cat that she finds. She's like, I super love cats, but every single cat bites her, except for the kitten that just runs away from her forever. Yes. But yeah, I, I do like that. And there isn't really like part of the problem is you can't really go through a plot thing, especially because a lot of the stuff are four panel gags. But there are definitely storylines in there, right? Yes. Like similar to newspaper strips will often do. And there are even some like I know there was one four panel gag strip that I was like, what's the joke here? But it's just set up for a joke like three comics later. Yep. I can't remember the details on that one now, but yeah, I did like the, the thunderstorm gag that they had going for a little while where like Chio's, you know, super freaked out about it. And Osaka is alternating between staring at it going, ah, and then staring at it again. And yeah, uh, I forget who it is, but the one girl being like, make up your mind. I love the person who's like, you know, they say that if you're in a car, you're safe from lightning, which is scary here, Chio, a car of lightning. <laughs> she like PSODs. Yep. And the other person be like, please, please stop. <laughs> yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. So I'm glad you did, too, since like we talked about uh, comedy, like this can be hit or miss. And certainly each strip is hit or miss. But I think the fact that they're just collection of strips makes that go by, because if you get a bad one, the next one is literally on the same page. Yep. And I don't recall ever being like, I hated this entire page. Like, there yeah. were a couple where eh, it wasn't as funny, Some but this one was pretty good. Some of the feature ones are, you know, not up my alley. I don't dislike the character, but when the joke is just he's a pervert. Yeah. Th- that's not great. Though there are some setups with him that work. Yeah, there were some that are, that are really funny. Like the fact that he was, when they're taking pictures with the cat suit. And so Chio's like, I want a picture. And then Saki's like, I, I also want a picture. Wait. Who's in the suit? It's the <laughs> yeah. pervert teacher. And they run away screaming. Like, I liked that. But like him with the swim team really kind of bothered yeah. me where he was like, why aren't you in your swimsuits? All right, we'll have a cup of pool water. What the water you swim in? They're like, yeah. we don't have that. And I'm probably going to hell for liking this joke, but I actually really find the one was like, yeah, I like high school girls. And they're like, what about Chio? She's 10. He's like, yeah, high school girls are high school girls. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so don't think about that. I actually like I'll admit I laughed at that. I mean, like it's funny, but Yeah, also skeezy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he's he's definitely the worst character in there. Yeah. Anything else you want to say about it? Like I said, it's so much of its physical comedy, trying to describe it doesn't work well. I definitely recommend giving it a go. I got the first three volumes for seven bucks. Yeah, it's a super breezy read. Aren't, aren't there only three volumes? And then, like, a, a supplement? It might be the whole thing, actually. It says volume one on it, though. But also, oh, it might be the whole thing, actually, looking at it. Yeah, I was like, I thought it was it, the whole thing, because I thought it's thrown by it had thick. the three volumes, and then there was, like, a couple of supplemental chapters, essentially, that got collected and put together. Yeah, at the end, it looks like it's the end here, so... Yeah, so it's not very long either, and it was just kind of like a fun, breezy, all right, like, the characters are funny, 
some of the panels or some of the strips you're not going to like. Some of them are good. Some of them are yeah. just okay. But there's so many of them that it's just fun to go through. Yeah. And like we said, the characters are pretty strong, which is a pretty good transition into personality power level. Vegeta, what does the scouter say about his power level? Personality power level is the segment where we rank characters from manga from best to worst. The very best manga character is Uzumaki Naruto from Naruto. The worst is that guy who's not Yamcha from that time I got reincarnated as Yamcha. Dead in the center, we have Akira Hattori, the editor from Bakuman. So who do we want to rank? I want to put forth Chio, just because Chio? she's a character that we both liked very well. That's fair. That's fair. I am happy to rank Chio. She's got a lot going on for her, right? Like, the characters are introduced slowly, which you have to do with manga characters. I feel like the three standouts to me really are Chio, Miss Tanizaki, and Sakaki. Yep. Not to say the other ones are bad, but those are the ones that are really like, oh man, I will remember those ones. It's hard. We don't really have any like comedy-focused characters. Not really. Although characters super important in comedy manga. This is a weird place to start, but how do you think she compares to Koro-sensei from Assassination Classroom? I think I like her more than Koro-sensei. She has that, like, Koro-sensei is undefeatable kind of thing like he has basically no flaws versus chio does even mm -hmm. though they both come off as superhuman like oh she's rich she's smart but like the thing she has to deal with is she's a 10 year old in high school and because of that like she's not too great at sports because she's a 10 year old racing against high school girls like it's not even that she can't do sports well because i think she picks some other stuff up really easily and people yeah, are pissed about her things. for that yeah. Yeah. So, how do we think she compares to Monkey D. Luffy from One Piece? Is she a top 10 character on this list? I don't think so. I think part of that is the fact that she is a Gog manga character. And so, you typically do not have a lot of deep emotional moments with her. Like, she's got some great character moments, but it's mainly just like you're supposed to laugh at her all the time. Uh huh. I think that pretty much settles where she goes on the list, though, then, because the only other character to compare it to is Bakugo from My Hero Academia. And I don't think she's as good as Bakugo. Nope, that's fair. So Chio Mihama will go at number 12, below Katsugi Bakugo from My Hero Academia, and above Koro Sensei from Assassination Classroom. All right. That will do it for this week. Next week, we will be reading another volume of Bakuman, which I am super excited for. Yep. Until then, our opening theme is Fighting Against One's Will by Midair Machine. Our closing theme is A Psychic Fistfight by Tom W. Emerit. Other music on the show is by Spectacular Sound Productions, and our album art is by Kate Wind on DeviantArt. www.lastpodcast.com is our website, where you can check out our other podcasts, as well as past episodes of this show. www.patreon.com slash lastpodcast is our Patreon page, if you want to donate a few bucks a month to help keep the show running. That's where you can do that. I don't often talk about this because they're not paying us, but I do every once in a while. Shonen Jump subscriptions are only $2 a month. You get access to their entire archives. And this is a great time to read manga, especially if you're into comics. And, you know, DC isn't producing any new comics right now. Yep. And get caught up on Demon Slayer, on... We Never Learn. We Never Learn, like we said. The whole Legend of Zelda manga's not on there, actually. It's just... It, popped up at me, and I'm like, that's on there? And I was just like, buy it. I'm like, oh, no, it's not. Full Metal Alchemist is on there, Dragon Ball, Naruto, all sorts of great series. You can get caught up on One Piece. It, yeah, that that's a... Uh, I, I, the quarantine might not be long enough for that. Probably not. But Depends on how fast to read. That's fair. Very, very good. Is there anything you want to plug, Kevin? No. Alright, stay safe, everyone. Yes.
gotta stop.